Hello and welcome to the first ever soundstage. Excited, nervous. I've even I've I've trimmed my beard just for this occasion. I think that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Uh, welcome along. My name's James Marriott. I'm the founder of Sound Media, where we help people to unlock the power of podcasting. How I like to describe that is I help people to make kick-ass podcasts from concept to content. Um, I call myself a podcast strategist. Basically, look, I help people to make podcasts, but not just the functional side of it, not just the tech stuff, not just the equipment and the behind the scenes stuff. I help people to strategize and to conceptualize, I think that's a word, so that their content doesn't just join what I call the noise of podcasting. It really cuts above it, cuts above um, all the noise that's out there. It really gets them noticed and engages with people. I'm saying all this, this isn't designed to be a pitch for me. Soundstage is about um, unlocking expert knowledge from some expert guests. Um, I, I initially described that as unlock expert guests but i thought that had kind of like fritzel vibes to it so I decided not to use that um terminology um in the um in the end ultimately look this is a platform for us all to kind of learn some interesting new stuff maybe gain a few new skills get thinking about some new ideas or things that we can implement into our businesses or even this sounds very dramatic even our lives as you know we kind of grow and um develop and um, so the idea is that soundstage will be every month possibly with a summer holiday yet to decide about um about that summer still feels a way off doesn't it and other clocks go forward next weekend so actually it's 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 hot on our heels um each time we're going to have a guest who's going to bring um well a ton of knowledge really i'm going to ask questions but we can all ask questions that's the point of of this that's kind of like what this is is all about is an opportunity for us all to get involved and all ask um questions as you'd probably expect with what i've just said look there is a little bit of a podcast slant to this at times so, you know, whatever subject we're looking at, we may well kind of concentrate a bit on how that works in relation to how a podcast can fit in or how it can help us to kind of grow our podcast for people who are already doing one. Having said that, do you need to be a podcaster to get something out of this stream? No, not at all. Absolutely not. Do I kind of hope that everyone will be inspired to at least consider starting podcasting? Yeah, kind of do. Um, there will also be a podcast version of this stream as well you may well be listening to that so we're currently live hopefully i think on linkedin on youtube and i think facebook as well people still use facebook don't they so if you are here for the live stream then hello the comment box on whatever the platform that you're on is your friend that is your opportunity to um to get involved i've kind of been at pains while i've been arranging this to emphasize the point that this is not a webinar, right? It's a live stream. It's supposed to be a bit more relaxed. It's supposed to be conversational and it's supposed to be interactive. So if you've got questions, ask them, stick them in the comment box. If you agree with what we're talking about, then tell us. If you disagree with what you're talking about, pro probably even more importantly than, than if you agree, then definitely tell us. All comments are very much welcome. And in fact, let's kind of try that out a little bit now. So if you are on the live stream with us, please um, comment in, in the box on whatever platform you're on. Tell us who you are, uh, where you are, say hello, and um, we'd love to do um, to a few quick shout-outs. If you are watching a replay of this stream, then hello, 
please don't comment because we won't mention you. And if you are listening to the podcast equally, hello and uh, and welcome, uh, welcome along. You will be delighted to hear that this is not going to be 40 or 50 odd minutes of me just rambling on like I have been, because we do have an expert guest. Let's get him on, onto the soundstage. Uh, so please welcome Robbie McGregor, who is MD of My Bright Side. Hi, Robbie. Welcome along. Hey, James. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Nice to have you here. I notice you've dressed for the occasion. I definitely haven't. There is. Although I must say your beard is much more on point than mine today, that's for sure. And I've got a hat envy as well. So, um, <laughs> James, massive props to you, mate. You're looking great. Well, thank you for joining us. Welcome along. Um, we are talking, as you can see here from the uh, subject title on the screen, using podcast to generate leads. We thought for the first one we'd do a nice, small, easy topic. So lead generation, really, you know, dead, dead simple, straightforward. <laughs> it is obviously, it's a huge, huge topic. And I think, you know, regardless of where anyone is in, in whatever industry they're business in, whatever they're doing, uh, you know, lead generation just kind of feels like it's so relevant to everyone. It felt like a really natural thing to cover on the first one of these um, streams. So I've, I've got a load of questions that I'm going to fire at you. I'm hoping that we're going to have some questions from um, from people as well. First of all, do you want to kind of do a little bit of intro to yourself for anyone that doesn't know who, who you are and tell us a little bit about My Bright Side? Of course, James. Um, hi, everybody. Good to see you all. I'm seeing the comments firing already, so please don't heckle me. This, um, I'm, it's my first live stream, which James has uh, coerced me into um, through our uh, various endeavours. But um, yeah, so I'm the managing director of Brightside. Um, we're, we trade as my Brightside. We're a, we're a specialist lead generation agency operating in predominantly the financial um, fintech space, um, SaaS companies, and then environmental tech as well. So quite niche and incredibly niche. We use various methods, as I'm sure we'll touch on today, to generate our clients' business-to-business leads of uh, predominantly it's high-quality leads, so major retailers, um, major banks, um, and also kind of uh, UK-based SMEs as well. We are now um, operating in the US as well, which is exciting. We're the guys that come and get involved where teams are struggling to generate leads, essentially, which somebody did tell me, James, this is quite interesting, that when you think about it, a business is normally got two problems, right? Not enough revenue or too much cost. Okay, we all know, all know we all know what we've got to do about costs, but um, with revenue, the the key um, strangulation point normally of revenue is not enough high quality leads for the salespeople to go in and convert. So that's where we tend to step in and um, apply our expertise. Uh, I think I think you've done a good job there of backing up what I said about just how big a subject area this is because it's just so important, isn't it? And there's so much for us to dive into. I did say if you if you're watching the live stream, please say hello. I didn't really expect anyone to do it. If I'm perfectly honest, we've got loads of people that have said hi. So um, hi to Matthew Davies, both looking on point. I think that's definitely true for one of our cases, and that's not me. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, Kevin who has uh, joined us. Thank you for joining, Kevin. Uh, James, who's one of your colleagues, Robbie, who uh, yeah. says, hey, uh, is that how the cool kids speak these days? I guess it yeah, is. Yeah, he's, he's creative. James, just let him do his thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got Marek, who's tuned in. Nice to see you. Uh, hi to uh, Victoria Brown in sunny Solihill. I hope it actually is genuinely sunny today. It is. I'm in Sheffield. 
and we actually do have sunshine. It's uh, after after a couple of weeks of just crazy weather. It's a genuinely nice day today. Um, hello to uh, Stephanie, who uh, yeah, I think he's looking forward to getting stuck into uh, into the subject. Catherine, and hello to Tara as well, who uh, has joined us. Who I think is on a train at the uh, at the moment on the way to uh, London. We've also got Michael as well. Now. Um, <laughs> I did say a minute ago, this is not going to be 30, 40, 50 minutes of me rambling on. Before we get into the questions, I do just want to take 30 seconds just to basically explain something. And that's the why of what Soundstage is is all about, just because it's the first one. I'm not going to do this every time. But look, basically, um, long, long time ago, you know, various conversations having with people, and I realised for what I do and the business that I'm in, I really should be doing some webinars. And uh, this is a, probably about two years ago that I realised this. And I found myself 18 months later, and I still wasn't doing it. Uh, and I, I kind of sat and tried to figure out why am I just keep pushing this one further and further down the road? Why am I not up for just getting on with it and starting it. And I realised it was just because when I think about webinar, I think about something that's that's just, it's a bit serious. Um, at times, and this is not the case all the time, at times it can be a little bit dull. And that's just not what I'm like about in my business or anything that I do. And I really struggled to get my head around it. And uh, one day I just suddenly realised, why don't you just call it a live stream instead? And that was it. I was like, right, brilliant, let's get it done. And here we are. And that's basically it. That's the background to to this. The differences between this being a live stream and this being a webinar are, are pretty small. It's semantics. I get that. But for me, it's just really important that this is not something, you know, there's a ban on PowerPoints. We're not having PowerPoints. There's no slides with graphs and stuff like that on. That's not what it's about. It is just about having some conversations, talking things through, Please do, um, you know, fire in your questions. We've got loads more people that are commenting as well. Hi to Rachel. Uh, she says it's sunny in Portishead. I didn't realise Portishead's a real place until a few weeks ago. Um, uh, Mark uh, also uh, must mention as well. Zach, who's also mentioned the hat as well. Lots of love for the hat. Very pleased about um, this. So, um, yeah, this is setting the star. I'm going to need to wear a different hat every time, aren't I? Right, let's get going with some questions, um, Robbie. I want to start with something that's pretty basic, but I think it's important... Maybe if there's people that are just kind of tuned in, listening to this, thinking, all right, lead generation. I hear it mentioned a lot. Not entirely sure what that means. When we talk about lead generation, what do we mean? Oh, wow. Big question, James. So you've got to be really careful with this because it, it all comes around expectation. Okay. So when, when people talk about leads, the first thing to qualify is, okay, are you talking about business to business or are you talking about business to consumer? Okay, that's the first and foremost. And people will pretend that they're the same methods and the same um, methods and processes you use to generate a lead, but they're, they're really not. They're the different disciplines completely. When it comes to business to business, which is kind of the focus of today, isn't it, James? Is <laughs> a lead is really to the how you want to receive a lead. Okay, now in 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 our world, in Brightside's world, a lead is a qualified person ready to have an appointment with the salesperson or with the decision maker within the business. Okay. So in essence, a lead is an appointment that's been booked. Okay. Um, however, there are secondary and tertiary types of leads that happen. Um, so people that might say, yeah, can you send me some more information or can you sign me up to your newsletter or yes, I'll come to your webinar or um, speak to me in Q4 because that's when we're going to be reviewing this. So they can, they tend to be what we call secondary leads in our process. In, in the industry, normally it gets differentiated between sales qualified leads and marketing qualified leads. 
Um, but really what we're interested in in, in a business to business landscape is a sales qualified lead i.e. somebody you could walk into the room with um, and they are there wanting to talk about the product that you offer Okay, so a good lead generation method um, and team will be presenting meetings in a diary with people that have the ability to buy what you want and are interested in buying what you want, rather than presenting you with people who've just kind of signed up and suggested that they might want to find out some more information. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. So then the, the next obvious step from there, James, will be, okay, how do we define that? How do, how do you define what a lead is in terms of a sales qualified lead? If someone's in a meeting with you, how do you know that they are a quality lead to deal with? Okay. And that all starts with profiling, essentially. So um, I'm sure most of the listeners will have heard about your ideal customer profile. We would call it an ICP. Naturally, every business has got its ideal customer. Okay. So for example, um, if it was a finance broker, I'll take a really simple, really simple example. A finance broker is probably looking to speak to um, a managing director, a financial director or a financial controller of a business who's got the ability to make a decision on their product. Okay. So a lead um, is, yes, it's an appointment booked, but it is also got to be an appointment booked with the right person. Okay. Um, who has the ability to make a decision. Yeah. It then gets into a bit more complexity there, James, in the sense that, um, okay, that's all brilliant, but what you really want is people turning up to meetings who are warm, i.e. they know that they're coming into the meeting, they've been primed for the conversation, yeah, and are showing the right buying signals to really just get on with a, get on with a sales appointment, which is where it gets a little bit trickier because you have to find warm leads and warm leads up as well. Yeah. I think this links to a question that I was going to ask, which which I think you, you're kind of on the verge of covering there. Uh, and this is such a simplified question for something that I'm not sure it can be simplified. But are there good leads and bad leads? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it gets quite complex because um, let me try and make it simple for you. Uh, it all starts with data. Okay, so back in the day, before um, social selling became a thing, before um, inbound and outbound really became a thing, leads were kind of just given out as here is a list of people, here's their phone numbers, they're the right sort of people you want to speak to. And then you give it to the salespeople and they'd go and ring those leads, essentially, or they go and visit all the companies on the road. Okay. You then had this evolution of the internet and COVID also shifted things quite significantly with hybrid working from home as well, where the reliance on getting people's attention and getting conversation started, because let's face it, really a lead is a conversation that's been started and is is has got mutual benefit for each other. It, it, it all shifted online. Okay, So the ability to ring somebody's office in a B2B landscape and try and get through a gatekeeper um, ring to get somebody's office. Exactly. It's all changed, Ring right? people. What? I know. I know. Well, well, cold calling is now socially unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, it probably wasn't acceptable in the first place, but it worked. Okay. So the landscape's changed, which means what qualifies as a good lead and a bad lead really starts with the data, right? What are we, what are we operating from? So there's various things in this. You look at things like firmographics. Are they the right companies for us to be selling to, right? So, I mean, James, you, you can do a podcast with pretty much anybody, but let, let's go back to a financial broker. It's an easy one for people to understand. They will probably want to be dealing with SMEs, yeah, because uh, their product offering 
probably better suited to smaller to medium businesses because the bigger businesses will be dealing with the major banks directly. Okay. Okay, great. So firmographics, we'll be looking at headcount, the revenue, okay, the geography perhaps, and all these sorts of things that kind of get you the sweet spot of companies, right? You then move on to the ideal customer profile within within those um, companies. So, for example, you might want to talk to the managing director. You probably want to speak to the financial director. James, in your case, you'll want to be speaking to uh, marketing directors, I imagine, and marketing managers and brand uh, managers, etc. So, you you find the right people within the ideal companies, okay? And then you're starting to build a very basic data pool, okay? Bad lead generation will stop at that point. Okay, and it will just give you a, a mass of companies and potential people you can speak to and then go and spray and pray and trying to get a bite. Okay? Where data gets really clever is in forms of segmentation. Okay, So there's various ways you can do that. You can do that by geography, perhaps, if you're operating in the north and the south of England. Good example for us, James. Perhaps you might want to be looking at things like technographics. So a, a good lead generation company will be able to tell you um, all of the companies that are running on a particular accounting software, Zero, for example, or a particular um, customer relationship management platform like HubSpot or Pipedrive or Salesforce. Yeah, you, you, there it is possible to qualify companies that are working on particular tech stacks. Okay, so all of a sudden you start painting this picture of intelligent data that matches the product that you sell. Yeah, so when you get in the room, there's a much higher chance of conversion as well. Okay, now. Once you start segmenting things down, you can then also use what we would call sales intelligence. Okay, so James, a classic one for you might be um, if a marketing department is currently hiring, or the headcount in the marketing department's increased in the last six months, for example. Yeah, that would suggest that there might be some budget around or more consideration to take a podcast on board. Yeah, as a project. So you can start using sales intelligence. So you're not just going after the 10,000 companies that are your total addressable market. Yeah, you're actually going after the, the, the segment that are prime for you and saving everybody's time and your reputation at the end of the day. And then also in the data, you can also pick up that there's um, a bit of kit that we have that can pick up what's known as intent to buy um, information, so you can you can find out if a company is actively searching for a for your solution. So in your case, James, it might be um, podcast production. Yeah, we'd monitor that search term, and we could tell you all the companies that are showing signals for researching that pod- podcast production. Which then you've gone from total addressable market down to ideal, and then you'll we'll go down to the three to twelve percent, depending on the industry, that are actually in market for your solution. So that then presents you, in essence, buckets of ideal prospects, okay? In the old days, that would have been leads, right? You'd give that to the salespeople, go and do your magic, okay? And you get mixed results. Now, a lead lead will be somebody who has gone through that process, but has also had some form of intelligent capturing, i.e. getting their attention, yeah? The conversation's been started and they've agreed to an appointment. Yeah. So if somebody's gone through all of that process and they've been warmed properly mm-hmm. in terms of um, they've held their hand up and go, yeah, actually, that sounds really interesting. Let's have a chat, James. Um, and have agreed to a meeting. That's a very high quality lead. Yeah. A very low quality lead would be somebody who's just filled in a filled in a form online with no context and doesn't really know what they're turning up to the meeting for, if that makes sense, and might not have the ability to actually buy what, what you're offering. 
Okay. That was a long-winded question answer, wasn't it? No, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's so much to, to, to kind of pick apart. We've already got some questions that are coming in as well, which we'll we'll go to in a bit. If you if there is anything that you want to ask Robbie or um, agree with, disagree with, then then you know, by, by all means do use the comments. I mean, what I'm interested in there is kind of taking all that stuff together and I kind of think, gosh, it, it, it sounds really complicated. If we want to kind of break that down, and what I'm particularly thinking here is, if you run a business and you've got a sales team and you've got a marketing team and you can kind of join all that stuff together, that's one thing. I think there'll be a lot of people who are watching this who are, I, I'm going to kind of use the phrase, you know, one 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 man, one person bands, you know, kind of like solopreneurs, very kind of small scale. And for them, you know, some of that stuff is, is just not possible. And I mean, I guess I'm kind of leading towards this idea of well, where do you fit into it? And, and, and you know, there are there are obviously other people as well that do a similar sort of thing to, to, to you. But how do we make this work from a practical point of view with limited resources, limited time and, you know, just just a lot of, of challenges to enable us to, you know, the idea of thinking we could spend all day finding leads, kind of, you know, refining those to, to the good leads, warming them up. It, it's just not practical for a lot of people. How does that work? Okay. So you touched on something there. It, it, it's all about time, essentially. It's all about time. And um, I'm not being naive in the sense that cost matters and um, we're, in a, we're in a challenging world at the moment in terms of cost structures, etc. But ultimately, for solo entrepreneurs or, or kind of two, three people teams, and also it also applies to kind of startups who have got great products and, and big tech teams, but very small sales resource. Yeah, um, It all comes down to time and, and where people are best deployed, right? So James, in your case, you're best deployed personally as somebody, you're either recording something like this or you're chatting to people about recording something like this, essentially, mm -hmm. right? That is where you're best, you're best spent because you're the expert um, and one of the leading experts in the country at it. Why would we, why would you spend time trying to get people to come in the room with you? you your time is best spent doing that. Okay. Same applies for an accountant or a, um, a loan broker or the lady earlier on. Is it, was it Claire who does the music? Right. She's that's that's Catherine, that's the best yeah. thing for her. Catherine, sorry, Catherine. Um, that does the music is she's best spent talking about those those topics. Right. Not doing all the prospecting exercise. Now the reality is, in lead generation, you have to create a funnel for yourself. Okay. You've got to get people in the top coming through this warm up process to agree to a meeting. Okay, and that takes time and expertise. So where a company like Brightside slot in is they should be operating as your best business development person, essentially. Yeah. And they should be doing it at a fraction of the cost of you having to employ somebody to do that. Mm -hmm. But they should also be doing it consistently, yeah, um, through their methods, and they should also be reporting into you with an account manager or somebody like that who really understands what you want and what you need. Okay, so it's a classic case of outsourcing a business problem that you just don't have time to do yeah. to an expert team that does it day in, day out, and can deliver it consistently um, for you. The problem you have with lead generation and business development, um, and I'm going to be careful what I say here because I'm sure there's business development people um, listening, but you have as a business owner or somebody who's tasked with generating leads, you have issues in the sense of you have the human factor, right? You're getting pulled from pillar to post. We've all been there, right? 
your, your, we've got this webinar to record, okay? That becomes your priority. So all of a sudden, you haven't done any lead generation or new business activity for three days. You're taking your finger off the pulse because you've been busy running the business and doing what you're good at, yeah? Um, so you have the human element there. In somebody who's targeted with actually creating leads or creating new business, unfortunately, people are human and they get tired and they get despondent and they, they get fed up of hearing no all the time, yeah, which is, that's all part of getting new business. And so you have that human element as well, okay? You then also have kind of what you get called as output from a, from a sales function. So you've always heard it, you know, if, if, I, if I send out uh, 10 emails and make five calls and I know I'm going to get two meetings, and I know I'm going to convert one of them, right? Yeah. That's, that's all this funnel being built. And so there's a lot of activity that needs to happen to get to that gets that appointment and then the final thing um that's always a challenge for people is if you were going to employ somebody in to do business development there's what's known as a ramp up period and anybody who's been in in business development or in a sales role will know this they'll be familiar with this you start a job on day one it normally takes you three to six months to start your pipeline rolling and then you've got your sales cycle as well which takes another three to six months to close a deal yeah so uh, a human coming into a role has got to learn everything before they start turning their pipeline and getting getting um, deals closed down so um, if you slot in a specialist lead generator they can create the leads for the for the people that are already the experts in your case for you James to go and have the meeting and, and they're more likely to close the deal straight away one, one thing that I wanted to to kind of touch on is I think lots of people talk about lead generation they talk about how important it is to kind of have leads coming in I, I think there is probably a bit of confusion among some people between you've got kind of you've got lead generation, you've got marketing, you've got networking, and and there's pressure applied. You know, as soon as you enter the business community, wherever you are, and and we've kind of touched on this idea of you know solopreneurs. I I think sometimes that for some people this stuff all gets a little bit jumbled up, and it's like, well, what what's the difference? What what you know what what bit of this is lead generation? What bit of it is marketing? what bit of it is is networking i'm going to further confuse this now by 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 for first first time in this chat that i've actually you know now brought up the subject but bring up the subject of of podcasting as well because you know one of the things you know, the the whole headline of this session is is how podcasting can aid lead generation S- sort that out for us because that that's you know there's a lot of different stuff there isn't there what where, where does where, where does each element fit in what what does what job how does that all work together where where does lead generation fit in where's marketing what's the difference networking podcasting let's 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 make sense of this this mush that we've just created okay how long have we got james <laughs> um, <laughs> so um in a nutshell you have um two forms of lead generation first and foremost you have outbound lead generation and you have inbound lead generation okay, okay? um so outbound is um direct yeah and i don't mean spamming i mean you you pick your segments properly you hyper-personalize your approach, yeah? You start a conversation using um, very good calls to action. You use hyper-personalization, so um, imagery um, that's bespoke to recipient or videos that are bespoke to recipient. This is all outbound methods, okay? Um, the most common channels um, for that are LinkedIn, email, and phone calls. Um, and we're seeing activity happening on things like WhatsApp, etc. but that's all a bit spooky, that stuff. So you have outbound lead generation, okay? Done properly and done in a human way, that is by far the most effective and quickest way to book yourself quality sales appointments, 
okay with the right people because you can choose who you're going to go to yep. yeah so you can make sure it's the right people you can also choose the message and how, how personalized you're making it so you can really start a conversation that way yep. and you have various channels to kind of to operate yeah so if you employed a salesperson and you said you need to go and get in with all the major retailers in the uk yeah they're going to use these channels as a real person to get in contact with those major retailers okay okay that's outbound inbound is things like consistent content posting for example of which podcast is one form of that um and i would argue probably the most effective form of it and then other forms of inbound would be lead capture forms or google ads etc etc Okay, the problem that you have with inbound is it can be very slow. You have to build up and you have to really double down on it. Okay, and um, often it can, if you don't get it right, it can create a lot of noise. And by noise, I mean people are interested, but they're just interested because they're interested. They haven't got the ability to buy. Yeah, whereas with outbound, you can make sure that you are chatting to the right people. Okay, where it gets super effective is if you blend the two. Okay, now when you start blending the two, this is where you start getting into the confusion. Okay, well, is that marketing? Is that brand? Is that lead generation? Okay. The reality is, is I can take a good example from our office. Okay. We're a dog-friendly office. We have, officially, we have two office dogs, but we have visitors as well. And um, basically, in one of our campaign, we have Max, who is Zach's dog, one of our account managers. And he gets featured in our posts on LinkedIn, on the company page. He's also on the website. He gets mentioned on some of Zach's posts as well. And he's also in the outbound campaign for one of Zach's campaigns. There's an image of Zach holding the recipient's name and their logo and everything to start the conversation off. Okay. So he's in the outbound, but he's also in the inbound content. Okay. Pretty much every appointment that gets booked for Zach the person asks about Max, <laughs> if that makes sense. He asks about the dog, okay? So that shows to us actually <laughs> the inbound <laughs> stuff and the brand and the marketing is working, yeah? They are coming in so warm because they love the dog, yeah? Dogs um, are the key to lead and basically business success. Dogs are the key. Exactly. That's what, that's what that's we're it. saying. All this stuff that's we're talking it. about, nonsense. Dogs, that's the answer. That's it, that's it. But there's an important point there, okay? Is we talk about business-to-business lead generation, business-to-business marketing, okay? Um, Business-to-business brand. This is all all brand and marketing we're talking about. So the case of of Max the dog there is part of our brand, yeah? I mean, he's he's Zach's dog at the end of the day, but he's, he's part of the team, he's part of the brand. All of a sudden, people are starting to get a feel for what we're like as a business and what the culture is internally, yeah? By proxy of our posts. So... Now, the business to business has moved to actually business to understanding our brand, okay? And we're slowly then starting to bridge this gap from B2B to what we call P2P, which is person to person, right? Yeah, and ultimately, people buy from people, yeah? So, for example, James, as somebody referenced earlier, you're now going to have to turn up to all your meetings with cool hats on, yeah? Well, you do. That's true, actually. Um, but it's, it's part of your brand, right? The beard is part of your brand, um, etc. So all of a sudden, this inbound method and the brand and the marketing is, is massively contributing to warming up the lead. Okay. I'm saying all this with a pinch of salt because 
certain agencies and certain marketeers will, will they'll spend so much budget on trying to find their Max the dog, <laughs> right? Um, and try and create this brand when really there are some really simple steps that just need to be taken to to help warm the lead generation process. I guess from that you almost trying too hard. Yeah, people smell that. People smell that. It's person to person, yeah. right? You know, if someone's trying too hard. You know, if it's not authentic. Essentially, I've I've never heard the phrase P two P before, and I probably should have done. I love that. I think that's brilliant because you you're right. You know, we all talk about B two B. We talk about yeah B two C. P two P is so true, isn't it? That that person to person thing. You're right. Everyone says people buy from people, and we, and we say it, but we like you know, do, do we really then put that into some kind of practice in terms of how can you use that? This is where I think stuff's interesting with podcasting because podcasting kind of has to be organic. You know, it's it's you can spend hours slaving over a, a, a blog, for example, or, or, or other forms of content. A podcast is a conversation. You, you, you can't, you know, once once you've had that conversation, you've had that conversation. It is what it is. It's it's interesting or it's or it's not. So I think that that the way that it kind of shows personality is is really unique and is one of the reasons why I love it. I want to pick up on something that you said right at the beginning of that last segment. And I think this is potentially a barrier to some people when it comes to some elements of a lead generation. You mentioned it's not about spamming people. Yep. We all, you know, we're all getting emails all day long. We get messages across multiple platforms all day long. It's quite a fine line, isn't it? Because you, you, you right, you're putting something. It, it's quite an aggressive way of going about lead generation. It's very. I hate the phrase proactive, but that's what it is. You know, you are forcing your way in front of someone, and we also know that there's a degree of kind of repetition of of messages. You know, kind of very basic kind of marketing stuff that's necessary before someone really kind of takes notice of what you're saying. How do you define where that line is between doing that? And it's straying into this this fear that I think some people have. And I'm one of those people, you know, I'm very nervous about doing things because I'm like, I don't want to be that person that ends up spamming people, that, that you know, ends up becoming that annoying, you know, I, I, I've had people that I've got really frustrated with because it's just email after email after email. Yeah. Um, so... I'll come back to the data to start with, and then we'll go into um, into the actual um, outbound approach. As long as you've got your data right and your segmentation right, okay, and you've really got it down to this is an ideal customer who I can solve a problem for, okay, and I've used some intelligence about this person, okay, then you've got a wealth of information to actually run the outreach to this person, the lead generation to this person, okay? If they're hiring, if they're using particular tech, et cetera, right? So you can then construct a conversation starter to them that is actually relevant to them rather than go, hi, first name, how's it going at company name, buy from me, pitch, right? Which is what everybody does. It's, it's yeah. um, infuriating. So the, that's a very, the, that part of the data starts this, what we would call hyper-personalization and then humanization of the lead generation, okay? So... I'm just throwing buzzwords out here, so let me explain what that means. Hyper-personalization means when uh, the first email lands with somebody, okay, and bearing in mind this will be a warm email, so it's landing in their inbox, not in their spam box, that's the first hurdle to get over. It's very technical how you do that, so that's one for another day, or people can just message me on, it, on that one. You get into somebody's inbox, okay, the first thing is, are they going to open the email, okay? So if you've got that data wrong, and you've put a very generic opening line on email, they're not going to open it, okay? That's the first hurdle. 
the industry average is around, it depends on the industry, but it's about 10 to 20% of an op- is own open rate of every email you send in a marketing campaign. Okay. If you get the personalization right and the segmentation right, you should be getting between 65 and 80% open rate on your campaign. Okay. Which if you think about it, that's kind of the first hurdle. Yeah. In the, in the old way, that's getting over the gatekeeper, right? They've opened it. They're there to, to read whatever you've sent them. Okay. Then you've got to, when they open up that email, it's got to be personalized to, to that person and what they care about. Yeah, you've got to start building a relationship, coming back to P2P, okay? So, for example, um, our through through our methods, we would might say, um, if I was targeting myself, and let me say, I'm targeting you, James, okay? And for, for a client, they'd say, hey, James, um, so, uh, saw you had your webinar, sounded great. I've got something to chat to you about. By the way, love the hat. Yep. So it's building a relationship there on the email platform. No pitch, we're just... We're just starting to build the relationship okay and then what would a world-class salesperson do they then go to another channel as well to try and get this person's attention so they would connect with them on linkedin yeah yeah and as long as you've got if it's somebody who can buy from you and your shop window your profile is clear that what you do and how you do it yeah if they've got interest and they see there's mutual they will connect with you yeah but then you don't just continue to buy from me buy from me buy from me then present them with something of value in the messaging mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe send them a, an attachment or a, a personalized photo or a personalized image, which then gets the conversation started and it's relevant to them. Okay, um, so it's got to come across humanized, it's got to come across that you've really researched this person and you believe you can solve a problem for them rather than they can buy from you because that solves a problem for you inherently. Yeah, and <laughs> There's other things that you could do. You, you can use icebreakers. It might be an industry-related joke to show you get what they're on, they're on about. You know, there's um, the obvious things like having a really clear call to action um, or a very clear um, question that you're asking them that you want to understand before you even try and pitch them. Yeah. Yes. So an obvious one for us would we would say, have you got capacity for new business at the moment? Yeah. That gives them the option to say yes or no. If they say yes, fantastic. Let us tell you how we might be able to help you on that. So it's all about being personalized, essentially. And um, it's got to come across in a P2P way. Okay. Um, I, I want to probe a little bit more just on the podcast side of things. Going to do that in a in a second. Uh, we've had some um, some interesting questions actually that have come in. So first of all, from Matthew, he sent this right at the beginning when we first started talking. So Matthew says, "I found the difference between a marketing qualified lead and a sales qualified lead are vastly vastly different. Um, sales leads tend to be built of a firm demand. Um, how do we change the corporate mindset that says we need thousands of leads to be successful, where ten properly qualified leads was result in the same revenue great question um robbie over to you you need to um get them to come and speak to us (laughs) (laughs) no um so there's a great question uh mr davies so quite simply you've got to you've got to show the return on investment right you've got to show um the close rate on those 10 properly qualified leads versus thousands Right, and again, it all comes back down to time, right? Um, uh, Matt, I'm going to assume that your um, your sales role might be a bit technical or might be more consultative, because if really if you want ten qualified leads, then they're, they're clearly going to be bigger value for you. You you, you haven't got the ability to go and um, service a thousand leads that a lot of it is noise. 
Yeah, um, so 10 property qualified leads is, is, is the key there. Now, um, how do we change the corporate mindset? It comes down to effectiveness, essentially. It comes down to, to results and measuring the results from each campaign. Yeah, so things like um, uh, we run a dashboard, for example, for our clients so the clients can see from each campaign what the percentages were, who's booked appointments, so they can start seeing the actual um, funnel of the lead generation as well as the funnel of the sale. That makes sense, um, and how effective it is. Now, the issue, the challenge you're facing there, Matt, unfortunately, is there is a whole industry built around marketing and built around kind of all the things that help towards lead generation. Um, and of course, you have companies like Google who AdWords is a brilliant tool, don't get me wrong, but if you don't set it up right, you end up with so much noise coming through. Um, and if you're in a niche, it can cost you thousands of thousands of pounds to get to get to get one lead come through. So. Um, it's a very big question, Matt. Um, but I would say, again, if you want 10 highly qualified leads, you've got to really go strategically outbound to these people that you know are the right people. Um, and then you've got to just have the help of, of marketing and sales collateral to, to support that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, question from Kevin. This is an interesting question uh, from Kevin Pritchard, who is perhaps touting himself as a potential uh, customer for you here um robbie but says how do we as potential my bright side customers find out what you have on your database that might be useful to us uh, and says uh, we do not know what might be useful that you might have if that makes sense i think it makes sense does that make sense mm-hmm. makes sense yeah it makes sense um okay kevin so um where do i start with this one uh, is we we um our database is live is what you need to know Okay, so um, in the US, UK, and Europe, the first and foremost is you've got to be GDPR compliant, particularly yeah. not the US, but in the UK and Europe, you do. So you've got to have a, a compliant data set. It then needs to be um, very, very high quality. Yeah, so there are data providers out there who will send you a data database and 60% of it is no good. It's old. People have moved, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost is we, through our processes, we check those people are still in role. Okay. They're still in the job. So that's obviously a big part of being useful is making sure you're going after people that still exist and still are in that position. Okay. The next part will be um, how is it enriched? Can we make sure we've got the right social profiles for that person? Have we got the right business to business email address? Why on earth people do prospecting on personal email addresses? I've got no idea because I don't know the last time I checked my Gmail for business. I check it for my car insurance and that's about it. <laughs> um, so um, you're making sure you've got the right business to business email address, right? making sure that data set is, is tip top. And then Kevin, in our process in Brightside is through our sales process and our onboarding process is we'll be getting to understand your target market, who you're after, who you really want, any sales signals, you know, um, technographics, etc. We can literally filter, for want of a better phrase, anything you'd need to know about a company in terms of its location, its headcount, um, its revenue, um, and um, even down to the number of sites it operates from, etc. So there's, there's, a, there's, there's loads of things we can figure out. And then if the person is enrolled there, um, then we can find out their role there. If they're a decision maker, they'll be on our be on our database. Kevin, it, there are also things in that where um, you know 
I talk about technographics and knowing if they've got particular technology. There's about 5,000 of those that we have mapped. So I couldn't answer you directly if there was a particular one you're looking for, but um, we, we follow that through in the onboarding process. So the, it's quite a big question, but it's, it's live data and it's, it's fully enriched with all of the availability um, that you'd need to be able to make a proper segment of people. Cool. Um, let's talk a little bit more about where podcasting fit in, fits into this. Now, I, I think with very much podcasting brain, and there's various things that have come up where I've been thinking like, oh, podcasting can help with that. I kind of feel like everything, kind of everything we've talked about, you can sort of see where podcasting applies. I mean, one of the things that I would add is if you, know, if you want to do something that concentrates around 10 really strong leads, then having a podcast where you invite those 10 people onto your podcast as guests is, is could be a really interesting part of, of that kind of process and that workflow. Um, th- there's loads of other stuff that I kind of want to say. What I want to do is... Um, perhaps use an example to illustrate the kind of thing that we mean about where podcasting can fit in, because you've recently launched your own podcast, Robbie. Um, so I want to ask a little bit about where that fits in for you, because we talked about all this in kind of very third person. Of course, you're also doing this in terms of the fact that you've got your own leads to to, to generate. Um, now, um, I know a bit about your podcasting. I know that your first guest was rubbish, uh, but it's got much <laughs> better, much better since. Uh, he had a great, he had a great hat on. He had a great hat much. on. Yeah, it was me. It was me. So just. Talk us through kind of where a podcast fits in for for you that kind of helps illustrate this 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 idea. The first, the first and foremost is we launched our podcast in October. We got a few episodes recorded um, before we before we launched. Um, and James is brilliant; he guide guide us through the process and how to kind of get your runway set up and all you know, your tech set up, etc., and produce it properly. So we launched it in October, and we're already kicking out a number of leads each month on the back of the podcast. So that's the first thing to say: is it does generate leads directly. Where it's really adding value for us right now, and this will apply to the solo entrepreneur question, it will also apply to smaller teams and bigger teams, is it enables me as a business leader, and um, I haven't got any ambitions to be like the next Gary Vee or Stephen Bartlett of the, of the podcasting world. It's, it's more of a branding exercise for us. But it, it gives us a forum where we can get experts on, yeah, who could be potential customers, James, you're right. It, there's the flattery element of bringing somebody onto a podcast and it builds the relationship. Um, but also it means that I can sit and have a chat for 45 minutes with somebody and then we create ourselves a month's worth, if not more, of content that our team can then use on LinkedIn. Um, we, we focus on LinkedIn content predominantly because that's where the biggest um, results hit in for B2B. Our creative team can just get on with and use. Okay, So from managing my time and managing the team's time, that's really super, super effective. Okay, Now, from a potential lead and prospect's perspective, is it also, if you get it right, you can add massive value. You thought everybody's heard of thought leadership, right? And oh crikey, I don't know if you've ever tried to write a blog post, but I'm sat there like three hours later and I've only written four lines, you know. Um, whereas with this, it just flows; it's natural. You, 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 people either resonate with you or they don't, and that's a big decision in, in business, right? So it gives you the forum to really put down some thought leadership and for people to also get to know you and know what the business is about. 
um, and get a real feel for it. Okay, so uh, I'll give you an example. Is um, there was a uh, our third podcast dropped um, in January, and the guys did some trails in it last week. Just some some con- like thirty second snippets that have come from it. One of the posts got uh, next to ten thousand impressions, so eyeballs on the on the post, which is great, and loads of comments on it. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm getting three or four messages into my inbox saying they love the podcast. Two of which were people who were already in our pipeline. One of which I've not met, but ourselves, one of our salespeople is dealing with um, at the moment. So for me, that whilst there's been a couple of leads generated, it's also helped along the process with the branding and the marketing and, and people buying into us as a, as a business. Um, and it's 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 just a natural way to do it, basically, James. If people want to find out more about you and, and what you guys do, if people want to listen to your podcast, if people want to get in touch, want to have a chat with you, how do they do that? I'd say the easiest way to have a chat with me would be on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, you can find me, Robbie McGregor, and my bright side, you'll find us quite easily. Um, podcast is on all of the, the um, major channels, Apple Music and Spotify. Um, so that's that's available there. Um, I'd say that's the best way to get a flavor for us. Um, you, you can have a little Google of us as well and check out the website, but just reach out on LinkedIn. I'm quite sociable. So um, yeah, just reach out on LinkedIn is the best way, James. Brilliant. We are going to be back next month with uh, another sound stage. So next month is going to be all about building your personal brand and where a podcast fits in. Tuesday the 18th of April, actually going for afternoon next time, just playing around a little bit with um, when kind of works for, for the best time to um, to do these things. So um, uh, Nia Patel um, is going to be joining us. If you go onto LinkedIn and search for personal branding, Nia will probably be the top person that comes back in your results. I don't think there's anyone that knows more about this than um, Nia. So that's going to be really interesting. If you want to pop that into your diary, Tuesday the 18th of April. A couple of things that I do just want to... Uh, quickly mention if today's inspired you to kind of take a bit of a look at the idea of uh, podcasting firstly i am always up for a chat and um, sound media has a, a range of bespoke packages to help you get up and running we also do one-off podcasts as well if if you want to have a go at podcasting before you kind of commit to, to to kind of launching your own podcast channel kind of try it out without any of the commitment 50 percent off if you mentioned soundstage so um do get in touch and i can tell you more about that um if you want to contact me by the way james at wearesoundmedia.com is my um, email address. I'm just going to quickly um, just go back to comments because we've uh, we've had a few more comments. Hello to um, whoever's um, said that they've got to leave um, early, but they've enjoyed it. That's great. Sorry, it doesn't come up with your name. Um, thanks to Emma, who says thank you to Catherine uh, and to James. Uh, thank you very much for um, tuning in. Um, Robbie, thank you for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to uh, to chat. I think there's, I hope there's been some really useful things. It's certainly got me thinking about um, a, f- a few a few things as well. Um, so I hope there's been some useful things. Thank you to everyone that's tuned in, be it for the live stream, be it watch again or the podcast version. And very much hope to see you back at the soundstage for another expert guest next month. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.